603 golfers, this is uh, certainly not the start to the week that I think everybody was hoping for. I am certainly in that group of, of uh, wishing it was a better beginning. Uh, hi again, I am Jeff Botter, publisher of Flagstick Golf Magazine, and you're listening to the 613 Golfer podcast presented by TaylorMade Golf and the uh, all new family of uh, Sim 2 drivers, irons, hybrids, and fairways. Uh, check it all out at tailormadegolf.ca. Um, yeah, not a good start to the week, people. Um, as we uh, as we all know, we heard that uh, the government has shut down golf as well as a number of other things. So we feel for all those other businesses and activities that people can do. But a little closer to home, obviously, is the fact that uh, we can't play golf. We can't go to driving ranges. Um, it's not fun. I, and I totally get that. And believe me, I am not a political person. I will not jump into the political ring and have a whole bunch of opinions about uh, Ford and the government and how they're mishandling or not mishandling the way this has all been going down. It hasn't been pretty to watch, but um, I really feel like at the end of the day, the decisions that are being made have to be decisions that are made in our favor and, and not designed to cause the pain and, and, and suffering and um, and negativity that has been created by it. I feel like they are trying to do what they can uh, for our health and well-being, and and I'm kind of just taking that approach to it. Uh, this is a, this whole pandemic has been something that has greatly affected uh, Flagstick and and our business operation. We're constantly adapting and changing and trying to figure out a way to to get through it. Um, you know, unfortunately as popular as golf has been when it is open, that's not exactly what works in our favor. So, but we'll, we'll not get into that now kind of puts a little bit of a damper on, on this show, because this is uh, it's one of those shows. This is the show that uh, I, when I started the podcast, this is the episode that I circled on my calendar. I was very excited about, uh, about this episode because for two reasons, number one, uh, this is the episode that follows the release of the spring edition of uh, of Flagstick and uh, our first issue, spring 2021 edition, uh, and that it features our Hot Picks 2K21 uh, section uh, or feature, um, a big, big part of what we do every year. This is the issue. This is the one, the first issue of the year, Hot Picks is in it, very exciting, a lot of work goes into putting this together and and. Another reason why I circled this episode is because Scott McLeod, associate publisher of Flagstick Golf Magazine, we always planned that he would come on when we released the spring issue and hot picks and come on and just dive right into page after page of equipment and, and get his thoughts and his, uh, his opinions about why certain products were picked, what products excite him, get a little bit of dialogue going about it because golf equipment is an exciting thing. Um, and this is an exciting time for for our publication. Um, and, you know, we're going to bring Scott on um, and, and to talk about all of this great stuff uh, amidst all the the uh, negativity and sadness that exists uh, with golf courses not being open. If there's one thing that we can do is everybody can listen to this podcast or watch us on on YouTube um, and they can get their golf equipment fixed at least. So we're going to be back right after this uh, this uh, sponsorship message, and we're going to talk with Scott McLeod about the Hot Picks 2K21 in Flagstick Golf Magazine. Why do we say things like, Well, not going to beat that one today. Or worse. 
There's the one shot that'll keep you coming back. Why can't it be more like five or 10 or even 50 shots that keep you coming back? That's why we made the all new Sim 2. With a cap back design, they're built differently to help give you more forgiveness and more distance more often. So if someone says the key to golf is blowing your expectations, just say, nah, it's actually playing better irons. The all new Sim 2 irons from TaylorMade. That's a good point. Well, as I said right off the intro of the show, this is an exciting uh, episode for me, being able to have Scott McLeod coming on and talking about hot picks. So let's not delay anymore. Let's get right into it and, and uh, welcome Scott into the show. Well, Scott, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jeffrey, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. Have you uh, have you recovered a little bit from the whole uh, lead-in production week that used to be? I mean, production week used to be a lot worse than it is now, but but we, we still call it production week, even though it's production forever before each issue. Yeah, I mean, it's still uh, it's still a busier time than normal. Uh, you know, you know, obviously, we're still do, putting out our our normal newsletters and our content uh, on the website. But, you know, developing the magazine at the same time, working on all those different stories, coordinating them, uh, you know, getting content up to the website, obviously, making sure that you've got the graphics to work with. As <laughs> Get far the head as shaking. With yeah, all the images. stuff all the time. Exactly. Images of products and, and things like that. So, you know, it's a big task. Uh, it's definitely a little bit draining, but uh, it's always nice to uh, nice to have it done. That's for oh, sure. no question. Done is good. So I I kind of alluded to in the intro as I was getting setting up you being here that you know I I circled on the calendar this episode of the podcast because this was the one that I was bringing the golf guru the equipment <laughs> guru Scott McLeod on to talk about this massive beast that yeah. is Hot Picks two K twenty one and and uh, you know you remember what it was like um people should know this is this is our 25th anniversary season um yeah. of the of the magazine officially celebrating 25 years of publishing flagstick in the may edition but it's still our 25th year and and we actually started doing equipment guides long before this we started doing equipment guides officially uh, mm-hmm. in 1999 i think was the official uh, you what, what did you call it before we came on you called it you called it something uh the first oh. official uh um i don't know what i nicknamed it i mean it would <laughs> I, don't, I don't know boondoggle more yeah. than anything but i mean it was uh the, yeah the first it, official it, equipment gong show yeah uh, that, the, it was that's for was sure. 1999 was the first yeah. equipment gong show and um you know we talked in one of the other episodes about how hot picks you know, we go down and collect all that data from the PGA show and compile it much different now, but it doesn't change from 99 to the first official hot picks issue, which was 2005 to now it's still a massive amount of work to pull this thing together. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's really about sort of evaluating things, but without doing a, you know, sort of a hard um, judgment on it, let's just say that I mean, we're not talking about these uh, items that we have in our hot picks being, you know, definitive testing, uh, that would be very hard to do. I mean, there's so many things that are uh, subjective, and it's very difficult for me to go and test something and relate it back to, you know, what a consumer would do as far as you know, trying the same product and, you know, went down that road before of trying to do that sort of thing, but it was just too hard to do. So um, really what we ended up doing with the hot picks, and, and I think we talked about that before, was just trying to find items that are of interest, ones that sort of jump out to us when we look through the landscape. And, you know, as we said, we, we start months and months ago and hit different things, go to different product uh, knowledge sessions, and then sort of distill it down to, you know, 50 some odd products that we, we feature in the 
magazine. And uh, yeah, it takes a fair bit of work and we try to take it as, as seriously uh, as we can and, and try to provide good feedback. And I think what people will know when they look through the sections is that we present the thoughts uh, from the company of what they say about a product. And then we present our thoughts as well. So, which in, in most cases, I guess would be my thoughts. Um, just, you know, my perspective of, of what I see the product maybe uh, doing for a golfer or why it's notable for them to look at. It could be something for pricing. It could be something with the material that they could use. It could be something for, you know, what it could do for them out on the golf course. So yeah, it is a big project when we take uh, uh, joy in, in doing, but uh, yeah, it, it always takes a little bit of work every year. Well, it is the, it is the biggest thing that we do throughout the course of the year. We, there's a lot of features and, and stuff that we write through the course of the year and, and, and things that we publish and, and cover, but hot picks essentially is, uh, and there's a reason why it's, it's, it's in that first issue. Most of the, most years too, is because we need the most amount of time to pull together all this data. And, and it was interesting that you talked about how we how we go about displaying the content that, yeah. um, and even how that's evolved over the years from what used to just, for the most part, be pull as much of the data that you can from the brochure or the, the you know, Specs the information, the spec yeah. sheet that's sent to you and give that to the customer um, yeah. or to the reader. Now it's more, it has become more of this is like you said this is what they and it is spelled out that way what they say what we say and yeah. what you say essentially is is your opinion about right. what that product is about and what that can do for each golfer so that's what differentiates a lot of what we're doing from what other stuff is out there. because let's be honest we're not the only equipment guide we're not the only hot picks we're not the only list mm -hmm. of product out there um it's also interesting that you talked about how we uh produce the product, how we choose the products that are in there. Yeah, there's all of the, all of the major brand names are generally featured in some respect or another, For sure. but it's the other ones that are featured in there. The not so popular names uh, that you might not have heard of, uh, but they're quality, quality product. And maybe this is the only place or the only way that you will hear of it and see them sort of grouped together with some of these other, you know, major equipment companies. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of times, obviously, with things like marketing and so forth, a lot of manufacturers certainly dominate the voice in the market. Um, but there are good products out there from other companies that are maybe yet to be discovered or just people don't give them the time to look at them. And we see that over the years. What ends up happening is that we see an evolution in a product category where a manufacturer, I'll take an example of Mizuno, for an example, you know, four or five years ago, you know, I was hitting a Mizuno driver and, and talking about it and putting in the hot picks and people are like, ah, you know, why would you look at Mizuno as a driver? There's, you know, not many players using it on tour and so forth, but, you know, people using it on tour is not really, you know, um, it's not really as important to us. I mean, it, it plays a part in it, but um, it really is about what the product is notable. So for an example, like I said, you know, now we see Mizuno people or people using the Mizuno drivers and 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 going to buy them more at retail and so forth. So it's kind of going and discovering uh, products, whether it be range finders, bags, training systems, you know, those sort of things. And then, you know, all right, let's bring a little bit of light to them more than just the the big names that everybody knows. So Scott, let's let's dive into it a little bit. You know, sure. let's dive into it a little bit. We've got this issue is is out there. People are starting to read it, but those that haven't. Uh, haven't uh, found it at flagstick.com yet. And yes, that is where you will find it, flagstick.com. Yeah. You can read 
Um, just the way that we've built it this year, the way we've we've uh, combined the magazine as a digital publication with the website so that we're giving people the opportunity to view however they want to view it. Hot Picks is there in its entirety in the digital magazine. You can pull it up on your desktop and you can flip through page by page and click on you know, all the links that are there. Or you can go directly to flagstick.com and you can see it section by section there. Or you can go to the digital issue and you can click on each section and view the section and then bounce back to the digital issue and read the rest of the digital issue, which is kind of the way we would encourage most people to do it. Um, but uh, let's let's get into it a little bit. Uh, we call it Innovation Marches On. Mm -hmm. And um, why don't you explain a little bit, first mm -hmm. of all, why we said, why we called it Innovation Marches On. And uh, then after that, let's, let's dig deep into our first category. Yeah, I think uh, every year we sort of pick out an overarching theme of things that are going on in the industry, just to sort of, you know, tie a bow around everything that's going out there and really give people a, an overall idea of what's going on in the industry. And, you know, last year was a busy time of year for or a busy year for golf. Uh, you know, with the pandemic, there was a lot of people taking up the game. It also caused some supply issue problems as well for a number of major manufacturers. So, uh, you know, we saw a lot of delays in, in products for people that were, you know, doing custom orders or, or even now things like grips and shafts are, you know, taking longer than, than normal. But, you know, as a result of that boom in the game, uh, uh, we'll, we'll call it that, or we'll call it a little bump up, uh, you know, uh, wherever, however it's going to, uh, you know, play out, um, we've seen manufacturers adapt. And the one thing that we're starting to see is that even just in the products that were starting to come out at the end of the year and start of this year, and you'll see it more uh, coming through this rest of the year, because there are more beginning players playing, people coming to the game for the first time, we're seeing manufacturers explore different things. One, uh, they're looking at different price points because obviously they're considering, you know, budget and value uh, for these people that are coming to the game that may necessarily not necessarily know if they're going to stay with the game long term, but they they want good new products. So, um, you know, some price points are opening up that way. Uh, the other side as well is that we're seeing an emphasis more on product that might be more suitable for those emerging golfers, players that have a hard time getting the golf ball in the air, have a hard time, you know, not hitting a slice, um, a lot of different things. So what you'll see is that, you know, some manufacturers, instead of having one, you know, hybrid, they've made a couple and they've made one that's, you know, designed one way and one that's another. Um, this is really a continuation of the process as far as fitting and things like that, that have, they've been doing. Um, the other thing that you're seeing as well from an innovation standpoint and how it marches on, manufacturers are also having to look at things like, you know, virtual fittings a little bit more. Now, it's not a perfect way to go about doing a fitting. It's a starting point to for people to do a fitting. But because there is a little bit of, uh, you know, less availability in times for people to, you know, go through to fittings as far as physically, um, less of an option for some of the retail locations to be open and so forth, the manufacturers have had to adapt and say, all right, how can we go about helping these people find the clubs and find the products that they need, we need better tools online that they can access remotely. So uh, overall, it's just a year of progression and change like we see every single year. And despite the fact that obviously there is a lot of, uh, you know, health issues and different things are happening around the world, innovation continues to march on. I like it. I like it. Well, there you go. You have the explanation from the man himself as to why we called it what we called it. There All right. Now. Yes, sir. Let's dig in. So 613 <laughs> golfers, here we go. 
Hot picks 2K21. We're digging in. Let's start with category number one, drivers. What do we got in there, Scott? Well, uh, drivers is an interesting category, and I'm going to start off with a couple. Obviously, everybody pays attention to this category a lot. Um, people will note that the driver category, we have a few more products than we have in some of the other categories, and that's just because there is um, a big demand for drivers. Everybody's an, enamored with hitting the golf ball far, hitting the golf ball better. But I think, What? Are you kidding me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think what's neat, though, is that people are now looking at you know these golf clubs as a little bit more of an investment. Um, you know, They're realizing that they have to get fitted properly for them. And, you know, there are great fitting options within these products. So, you know, just to highlight a couple of products, I mean, I'll take it two ways. I'll take it uh, one in the fact of uh, Ping, for an example. Um, Ping has a G425 driver. Now in that 425 driver, they have three different models. Um, they obviously have a sort of a max model, a sort of super forgiving. They have one that's a low spinning model, but then they also have one that's called the straight flight technology. And I've actually chose the straight flight technology one to have in this uh, hot picks. And the reason why I picked that particular model is that people will find that in a fitting process, it offers probably the widest range of left to right variability within a golf club uh, as far as a driver you know as any on the market and that's really important for a fitter in fine-tuning what a player needs based on what their shot shape is and trying to dial them in and uh, I think that's the great part when people do make their big investments now um, they can get tuned as much as possible within a product and not just buy a product and then sort of hope it works. Um, they know it works before they leave the shop and before they leave the, you know, the fitting and, and, uh, or the range or wherever they are. Um, so that was one that really stood out for me. Awesome. You no, know, I, I was looking at anybody watching, you can see me looking at the screen to the right here. Because yeah, I, do, the same here. I do have the bag. There's a lot of information there. You know, we yeah. we're smart guys, golf guys, but we don't, we can't possibly keep, well, I can't possibly keep it all in my brain, but, That's right. um, and just looking at, uh, at, you know, the, the driver category and we've got products in there, Mizuno, Callaway, Tour Edge is in there. Tour Edge has been a company that, uh, that we've watched for years and years and years. Not, you know, they're, they're more popular now than they were, uh, mm -hmm. particularly with the champions, uh, uh, PGA yep. Tour champions. Um, lots of guys are, are playing that, that product on tour now. It always was a great product. Ping, obviously, in their title S, tailor-made with the new Sim 2 technology, which is interesting. Um, but uh, Cobra has some stuff in there. So there's a lot of good stuff in there. There's a lot of stuff that wasn't in there as well. But obviously, as you can see, there's eight or nine drivers in there. And there's not really, I mean, there's a corner here or a corner there. I could have maybe thrown one or two more in, but yeah. <laughs> it's not happening. So, uh, but that it is what it is. So, um, so let's turn the page. Yeah. And I'm just going to literally do it here, people. And the way it goes, the digital issue turns the page. It's like I have a paper copy right in front of me, I love but it. I don't. Uh, irons. Yes, sir. Let's talk about irons. What do we got in there? I see, I see it. I, I see my brand in there, my current right. brand. I got the Mira irons. I do play Mira yes. irons. I see them in there. Not a popular brand that people would. Um, popular but not not at that at the level that some people would see right. the, the general normal ones to be in there but what do we got in the irons category 
Yeah, I mean, if you, you know, using the Mira one, for an example, Mira is a very high-end manufacturer, you know, based in Japan. Most people, if they've been to a premium fitter, they might have seen their products before. But the one thing they will note that is a lot of their forged products that they have, uh, not only are they high-end, but they're generally targeted more towards the better player. Um, they've got some stuff that's, you know, kind of in the middle, but they've never really had an iron, or at least that I've felt, that was really designed for a large uh, range of skills levels and the one that they brought out this year the pi 401 you know larger profile more offset more what players would like in a super game improvement iron so that so if you're somebody who's got you know um needs as far as your irons are concerned as far as you need a little bit of help a little bit more forgiveness um and you're willing to make an an investment in your game but you didn't necessarily find the ones that you liked before in the mural lineup this is one that stands out that way. And just because it's very different from some of the products I've had before. I mean, in most cases, if you say Mura, most people, if they are familiar with the brand, they start thinking about blades and, you know, muscle back designs and slight cavities, but this is a larger one. Uh, and that's why it stood out for us. Nice. All right. Uh, again, some other, some really good products in there. Strixon has, uh, we have an iron in there from Strixon in there. We have an iron in there from Mizuno in there. So, mm-hmm. um, there's some really good stuff in there and and i encourage people to to make sure that when you're checking out uh, the uh, the digital issue or the hot pick section online that you you know take a read on everything take a look at those images click through some of that stuff go to the manufacturers pages and and get a little bit more detail especially when you're making those buying decisions because the club the iron that you might think you're looking for might not be the one that you actually are looking for all right let's turn the page again so now we're into fairway woods and uh um we all have our favorites in the fairway wood guide i know that people have in their bag stuff that they played five or six years ago i commented to you yesterday i think it was that uh um if i still had my tailor-made uh, v-steel yes. fairway wood I, i'd be a very happy guy as a 70 17 degree beast uh, but it's <laughs> gone but i do like the one that's in my bag now but what do we got in the fairway woods category yeah fairway woods are always interesting um you know generally uh when we talk about fairway woods we're usually talking about a three wood primarily and you know the fairway wood has the hardest job of any club because we're using it two ways one we're using it off the ground so that's generally a, a you know a situation where we have a downward strike of the golf ball but then we're also using it off the tee as well which is you know a whole different set of characteristics where it might be you know as i said on a tee slightly upwards uh you know uh swing and so there are two different jobs we're asking it for the from the same club so it can be very difficult to to find one that we love and then we want to stick with so people will tend to have a three wood longer than any other club uh we found over the years but one that i found in here that really jumped out um you know a company that's that's done a great job with fairway woods for you know 30 years now um callaway golf they they did a, a bb21 set that they came out with but now they've come with a specific uh we'll call it a women's line is how they determine it now understand when we go through and talk about fitting and talk about men's ladies or whatever it's really universal the golf ball doesn't know who's hitting it but this line is really designed for specific characteristics of certain uh female golfers so this is the reva fairway wood uh very easy to hit has a neat look to it um real simple to get in the air lightweight shaft low center of gravity and, and you know it stands out because of that 
that. So, you know, if you've got an option, um, you know, maybe you've got someone in your family that struggles to get the golf ball in the air, um, you know, wants to hit a little bit longer and they're going to have to hit the golf ball in the air. If they want to hit a little bit longer, they want to carry it. It doesn't want to be rolling along the ground. Um, this is a good mix for them that way. Nice. All right. So moving into the, uh, into the next category, this is the category that I particularly like because uh, uh, those of us who are maybe getting a little bit older and don't necessarily have the, club well you still have the club head speed judging from your uh, track man uh, simulator numbers but i certainly don't and long irons are just not my thing anymore the hybrid has uh, has been a, um, a saving grace for me and for a lot of other golfers out there and this year the hybrid category has some really cool stuff in it so why don't you tell us a little bit about uh some of the hybrid uh products that are out there yeah, I mean, uh, this is where we start to delve into some other brands as well. You know, obviously the premium brands that we're familiar with or more familiar with, you know, we rattle off those names as we have, uh, you know, earlier. But, you know, in this category, there's some neat products that will do the job for you, but are not necessarily ones that you're going to first look at. So, you know, the Wilson Launchpad Hybrid is in here. Uh, again, you know, Wilson, obviously a longstanding brand, been around a long time, uh, has a certain heritage to it, but maybe people these days don't really look to it as far as, you know, something that they're going to buy in the premium market. And it's not necessarily in the premium market, but what I'll say though, is that all the characteristics of this line certainly have the features that you would expect from a hybrid like you said, if you struggle with club head speed, want to get the launch, the golf ball in the air, um, you know, maybe struggle as well with, uh, you know, spin control, you're not getting enough with a long iron, um, maybe shot shape as well. So the Wilson launch uh, pad hybrid uh, really does a good job of that. And, you know, it's available for uh, all different segments, men, women, so forth, and for a decent price as well. So again, this is not all about, you know, hot picks. It's just picking out the most expensive stuff and we throw them in the magazine. That's not necessarily the case. Um, we try to look for something that uh, provides a little something for everyone. Well, I think that's what hot picks is all about is it's, it's, um, it's a sampling of what's available out there right. and it's not just going to the go-tos and saying, Oh, here's what they have. Here's what they have. Here's what they have. Uh, it's kind of looking for the for the little guy too, um, and and what might appeal to just about every level of golfer, uh, skill wise or budget wise. So, um, and the hybrid category is no different. All right, continuing to move on here, the scoring clubs, the uh, wedges. Yes, yeah, let's talk about some of the wedges. Yeah, we definitely love wedges. It's something you and I talk about a fair bit. And, you know, we look in through our bags all the time. We were actually having a conversation about that last night as far as, uh, you know, uh, wedges. Um, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff that's happening in wedges. I mean, most people will look at wedges and go, you know, it's just a high lofted iron. There's no big deal. Um, but I'll tell you what, there has definitely been a lot of progression in uh, technology um, that's being used in, in these clubs. It, it's not just about a plain shape. There's much, uh, much more to it than that as far as technology. And, you know, uh, one that continues to stand out for me is the, uh, the Ping Glide 3.0. And part of the reason why the Ping stands out for me is not because of the look, not because of the many fitting options and they have different bounces, sole grinds, lofts, and so forth. Uh, it's the continued use of something called the Hydro Pearl Finish that they make use of. And what this really does is that, um, 
um, it helps repel uh, water and it helps keep it off the face. And most people really aren't familiar with the fact that, you know, this is all about friction. If you want to get spin, you need friction. And the, the issue that happens for a lot of people is that they go out and they play their regular round of golf on a dry day. They get a certain amount of spin with a golf ball. They make the exact same swing on a day where the ground is a little bit more wet. All of a sudden they get flyer golf balls, ones that are going longer, launching higher, don't have as much spin. Um, the whole idea here with the Glide 3.0 and the Hydro Pro Finish is that um, it repels that water off a little bit so that you keep the same type of conditions all the time on that club face. So no matter if it's wet or dry, you end up getting a repeatable result, similar launch conditions, similar spin rate. So um, that's kind of neat as far as that technology. And it's something that you, you wouldn't even have thought of 10 or 15 years ago. No, no, definitely not. Um, now, with wedges, I mean, there's a there's a number of different wedges in there, and 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 some of the things with respect to you, you talked about the the finish, but the the face, uh, the the way that the faces are uh, are manufactured now, how they can do different abrasion technologies on the faces sure. as well, because obviously square grooves is no longer an option um, for for manufacturers, which kind of did what is what sort of spearheaded all of this, trying to achieve something with the face of the club that would allow them to get that spin back without yeah. being having to use the grooves, right? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of technologies that, you know, manufacturers had to explore because of, you know, uh, groove tech or groove rule changes and things. And, you know, one thing that you'll note, you know, uh, a wedge, I think you're familiar with, but the, you know, Cleveland Golf and their RTX uh, Zipcore raw, this is a raw finish. You're seeing a few manufacturers, TaylorMade has one as well. And other manufacturers, Titleist too, uh, have raw finish wedges. And the whole idea there is a similar type thing. Uh, they're trying for consistency as far as result. Raw just means that they don't have any chrome plating on the head. And chrome plating, in essence, can actually fill in the grooves just by a little bit. It's not by a lot, but it's enough that it changes the volume of the grooves. And it can take away the ability for those grooves to move away uh, dirt, water, all the things that can affect, again, spin rates and so forth, launch angles. Uh, and, you know, so it is a, an option manufacturers will look to. Uh, raw is probably more popular on the tour, but now we're seeing it come to consumers as well. Cool. All right. Now, this is an interesting category. Always an interesting category is the putter category. <laughs> um, who knows what kind of design shapes, whatever, are going to come out. You almost close your eyes and wait to turn the pages of whatever the manufacturers are, are uh, dreaming up because this category just blows your mind where a wedge or hybrid of three with a driver can have a similar shape year after year with some slight modifications. A yeah. putter, my goodness, gosh, knows what they're going to come up with, right? So what do we got in the putter category this year? Yeah, there's a lot that happens here in the putter category. And I mean, one of the biggest things that continues to, to be a theme within the putters is stability more than anything. Uh, trying to get uh, putter heads so they don't twist as much, especially on off-center hits. I mean, average amateur will obviously, their strike pattern for when they putt is obviously more heel-toe than dead center. Uh, and you're what you're trying to do is to make sure that that club head is not twisting as much so it doesn't send the golf ball offline as much so you know we'll see that in you know Titleist and their phantom x as far as a, a larger mallet head uh cleveland addresses that a little bit by um you know pushing mass a little bit more forward in their face and changing the spin rates that way at the same time you know manufacturers are also not trying to make them big and blocky they're trying to have that uh high
high moment of inertia category uh, without having a, you know, a massive head. And they're able to do that with heavy tungsten weighting. You'll see that in the TaylorMade, the Spider EX, for an example. Um, you know, it's a mallet. It's more compact than probably some of the other ones you've seen before in the in the history of the company, but it still provides that same stability. And then you also see a lot of uses of different multi materials in um, in the in the uh, inserts, you know, and that's providing different types of feels because you know that's important for every golfer is that you know that feel has got to match up with whatever golf ball they're using and calibrates with what they know as far as feel is concerned. And those are the things that start to come down to preferences more than anything. So uh, it doesn't matter what we tell you or what a test tells you. I mean, it, it matters to the golfer what they feel and how that golf ball performs for them off the face. So that really, you know, determines a lot of what they're looking at in those inserts. I've always felt that with the putter category, especially every year we do equipment guides in, in, in the hot pick section. I always felt that with the putters is all of the technology aside, uh, we know what they're putting into R&D to make these things uh, perform better. But when it comes right down to it with a putter, how it looks when you set it down at a golf ball and how it feels when you strike the golf ball is probably the number one and the number two part of fitting uh, a putter outside of the obvious technical, um, the technical side of it. Yeah, players need to have, you know, that confidence. And that's why manufacturers will have, you know, you know, Callaway, for an example, in their 10 line, they have, you know, there's at least 10 models that are in there, you know, ping will come out with, you know, dozens of models. I mean, the reason why there is so much variance in hosel shapes in head shapes um, in alignments uh, aids is just because of personal preferences more than anything. I mean, they can all tune in things like loft, live length, weight, so forth. And as you mentioned, you know, the technical aspect of, of getting fitting, you know, it's important. Uh, but in the end, visually, you've got to be super comfortable with what you see over top of the golf ball, especially for alignment, which obviously is super important. Uh, you can put a good stroke on it, but if you can't align it properly, then it's not going to do you any good. Nope, 100%. Okay, we only got a few categories left to go. So stick yep. with us here, 613 golfers. We're getting through it. We're getting through it. We're into the golf ball category and, and wow. again, an ever-changing category. And there's literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different golf balls, color schemes, dimple patterns, uh, uh, cover materials. So let, let's just kind of focus on, on some general generalities with, uh, with the golf ball category. And what did, what did you see in there when you were producing this? Yeah, we saw a lot of uh, upgrades this year in, in particular features. Now, most golf uh, companies really have about a two-year product cycle in a lot of their premium products, for an example. Uh, the one continuing theme that we saw among a lot of the products this year was uh, generally looking at the aerodynamic package. So um, not a huge amount of changes. In some cases, there were as far as the uh, firmness of a golf ball. Uh, in some cases, maybe the launch characteristics or so forth. Did see a trend with some of them where they were maybe providing a little bit of a lower launch window, but at the same time, making sure that they match that up with a different dimple pattern so that the golf ball may be on a lower apex uh, with less spin to help you know, squeeze out a little bit more yardage, but doing it sort of a little bit flatter in the fact that, um, but the dimples will help keep it in the air for a little bit longer. So generally a lot of times when a ball goes out flatter, it doesn't stay in the air that long. Uh, so a lot of times, you know, manufacturers would have been looking for a higher launch 
bunch, but this is sort of a subtly changing the characteristics. And sometimes that's just matching up with some of the equipment that's out there. So uh, you'll see from the major manufacturers, uh, a lot of emphasis definitely on the aerodynamic package. So when you dig through it, you'll see lots of mentions of the dimple patterns and so forth. Um, you know, again, that really comes down to a lot of testing for, for players um, and really, you know, get something you're comfortable with, especially running your short game first, and then start to address the uh, other aspects as you go back towards the T. Awesome. All right. So as we flip the page into the shoe category, it, what I found interesting with the shoe category is there's obviously there's uh, some similarities to what was out there last year, but I see number one, I see a little bit of a little bit of uh, back into history. Yep. Number two, I see a company like Adidas making improvements to uh, what was a very popular shoe last year. And number three, I see Brooke Henderson and her um, her uh, influence uh, on the LPGA uh, with the with Skechers and what yep. they've been able to accomplish in, in building their self a position in the golf shoe market. Yeah, so I mean, we'll, we'll tackle all three of that because they are three really great, um, you know, sort of angles that are happening in the shoe market. Again, a lot of people just say, you know, it's just fashion, but that's not necessarily the case. What we do see is brands emerging and, you know, Skechers, like you said, was is a great example of that. You know, at first, a lot of people, when they heard Skechers, they, you know, thought of these comfortable, you know, running shoes or whatever, and maybe they're just dabbling in the uh, in the golf market. But uh, with the presence of, you know, PGA Tour players and then, you know, with the uh, promotions with uh, Brooke, for an example, it has definitely made its way into a lot of pro shops all over the place. And it, it's become a recognized brand in the golf business now. And to the point, and I mentioned that in the uh, in the article, is that, um, you know, golf pros are now saying, we've got people now coming back for their second and third pairs. And they, they you know, they, they match up comfort with a, you know, decent styling and a good price point. Um, but the fact that people are now coming back to, you know, buy that second pair and third pair, that tells me that they are an established brand now uh, and not a novelty. All right, Scott. Yes. Final, final category. Here we go. We're into technology and accessories. Now, this category could have been blown up and been a hot picks in itself because of how deep the categories uh, could go well, yeah. with various accessories um, and so on that we see out there. But let's just, you know, let's let's focus on one or two um, and uh, and wrap up this focus on hot picks with our technology and accessories section. Yeah, I mean, uh, first thing, I mean, when people think about technology uh, in golf, I mean, it can cover off a lot of different things. But, you know, one place that people, um, you know, sort of hit commonly right now is things like GPS and range finders. Almost uh, everybody now has one, you know, on their bag or, or uh, you know, on their cart or whatever the case may be. And, you know, we've, we've seen other brands sort of emerge. Um, you know, these things are not cheap. Yeah, as far as from an investment standpoint, but um, we've seen some companies start to come into the market in different ways to realize that, you know, a lot of people do want that information, but they don't necessarily want to pay, you know, 500, 600, $700. Um, so one company that's come in is a company from Scotland called ShotScope, and they've got a Pro L1 range finder that they've come out with. And, and one of the neat parts about them is that it has a lot of the same features you would find in higher end range finders, um, be it slope, uh, the distance that it has, um, magnification as far as the view is concerned. Um, but, you know, the other side 
with this one is they actually created a Canadian fulfillment center, which is really cool. So they actually let me know in advance that they were going to establish a place in Ontario where they're going to be able to ship stuff from, because a lot of people were, you know, buying stuff from the States or, or whatever. Um, they just decided that, Hey, you know what? 17 to 20 days was too long. Uh, and they wanted to be able to, you know, ship stuff out uh, to people and shops and stuff much faster. So um, really cool to see those companies come in there. And, you know, we're talking in the, couple hundred dollar range rather than six hundred and seven hundred dollar range um, at the same time you know uh, other of those top premium companies which Bushnell for an example some people don't want um, so precise as far as the yardage when I say so precise they don't necessarily want it down to the yard they want basic information they want it to the front of the green back of the green to the middle uh, and you know give it to them easy and don't make it really expensive for them so Bushnell has got a great little system called the Phantom 2 which is basically just it looks like the size of a watch face um, it's magnetic so it'll clip to your cart or if you've got a, a metal part of your golf bag for an example uh real simple you just attach it to to that it'll it'll track where you're at just like any other you know kind of uh, gps device gives you that front middle back gives you the most basic information we'll read it out for you and it's something that you can buy for under 200 in fact about 150 dollars or so comes in lots of different little cool colors and stuff like that as well even a camo one um, but, uh, you know, a neat way to get that yardage, um, and take advantage of that technology without having to make a major, major investment. And then, you know, if you lose it, um, you know, you're not down as much. And I can tell you for somebody that's lost a couple of rangefinders, um, it's a pretty expensive thing when you do. So this is an easier way to go about it. Well, there you have it. 613 golfers. You have, um, kind of a pulled together short, uh, Cole's notes version of what you're going to see. Uh, when you uh, dive into the uh, the spring 2020 or 2021, called 2K21, the spring yeah. 2K21 version of Hot Picks in the spring issue of Flagstick Golf Magazine. You're going to be able to get that at flagstick.com. Uh, you're going to be able to uh, uh, watch this podcast uh, or listen to this podcast, um, and uh, you'll be able to listen to everything that we've had to say about it. My good friend, Scott McLeod, thank you. Thank you so much for all the work and the effort that you put into this compiling hot picks. I know that I appreciate it. I know that the, the readers of the magazine have appreciated it for 25 years. Uh, and, uh, and I'm sure they're looking forward to uh, what we do in 2K22. Well, I'm looking forward to it. And I can tell you uh, testing is going to start probably right away. <laughs> All right. Thanks very much, Scott, for being here. Um, enjoy your little bit of rest, uh, what little bit of rest it is. And uh, we'll talk to you very soon, I'm sure. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. Well, there goes Scott McLeod, Associate Publisher of Flagstick Golf Magazine. Great little chat with Scott. Uh, kind of a long one, but that's a, that's a lot of pages of of golf equipment and a lot of stuff to talk about. So uh, I'm really, uh, really excited to, to dig in and read it all myself. Obviously it's been, it just, it was just released. So I haven't had a chance to read the whole thing yet, but um, I hope everybody enjoys it. Scott puts a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of effort into compiling that every year. And it is our, our biggest edition of the year. So thanks uh, very much to Scott for coming on and, and uh, talking about it with us. Now, you will recall, we do have our little contest going on. Uh, the uh, favorite hole, your favorite hole in the 613 region. And um, this is week number two of that uh, contest. We got, we get about 20, 30 entries uh, a week, uh, which is good. Like to see more, but that's fine. We'll 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 ramp it up slowly. Uh, this week's winner is Stuart Crookshank. Stuart uh, chose number seventeen. 
uh, from the Cornwall Golf and Country Club. That is his home course, uh, and uh, and we allow that. Obviously, we encourage you to pick uh, pick a hole from your home course if that's the hole that's your favorite. So, uh, thanks, Stuart, for your submission. Thanks to everybody else for their submissions, and we'll be sending uh, Stuart a couple of passes to play Smuggler's Glen Golf Course uh, later on this summer once things reopen. Um, so thanks for that. If you want to get your submission into us, please do so by sending them to jbotter at flagstick.com. Uh, give us the name of the golf course and the hole number. And if you have a photo of the golf uh, hole that is your favorite or you want to take one on your phone while you're out on the golf course, uh, feel free to do so. Stuart did that. We have that picture. And and obviously, if you're watching this podcast, you can see that picture um, to the side of me. Now, um, back to the lesson tee. Uh, every week, uh, Kevin Haim, uh, we get out to the lesson team with Kevin Haim or other uh, uh, PGF Canada teaching professionals. But right now, Kevin's uh, providing us with an awful lot of uh, quick tips for you. So let's head out to the lesson team and see what Kevin's got for us this week. A little quick tip out here at the Kevin Haim Golf Centre. And this one involves chipping. And I can tell you, as I don't practice as much as I used to, sometimes I get a little bit hesitant on these shots. Here's a fix if you're a little hesitant over your chip shots. Load your weight on your lead leg and swing the club back, but as you swing through, bump your trailing knee through with the club. It'll give you a little momentum, and just make sure you always hit a nice crisp shot. Don't try to just putt the ball. Instead, swing back and then bump that back knee a little bit. It'll keep your club moving and help you hit crisper chip shots. Well, thanks for that, Kevin. Uh, I hope everybody's enjoying Kevin's tips. Uh, little quick tips like that, something that you can, if you're listening to the podcast uh, in your car on the way to the range or, you know, pull up the video uh, of the podcast and, and listen to it there, that's fine. And you can get those little quick tips and hopefully they, uh, they help you out with some of the aspects of your game and making things a little bit easier. Now, one of the things that I want to talk about too really quickly because of uh, we're following that quick tip is um, as we release the spring edition of Flagstick uh, magazine, it is our 25th anniversary. We've been talking about that. We're going to continue to talk about that because it is a very exciting time for us uh, to celebrate uh, such an, uh, a high accomplishment. Um, and uh, Kevin and I sat down and talked at the beginning of the year about how can we do something different? Uh, this is a different time. It's a different era. How can we do something different with the tips to make them maybe a little bit more interesting, a little bit more exciting for people and still kind of capture that, uh, that history and that nostalgia that goes along with it? Well, what we came up with is, and, and you'll hear it in the video, is what we came up with is we're going to take one tip. Kevin's going to choose one tip from each of the five eras of the last 25 years, 96 to 2020. Kevin's going to take a group, this first one, 1996 to 2000. Kevin has selected a tip that was uh, one that he remembered well, liked, and, and, and felt that was still very valid today. And rather than write the, rewrite the tip or just publish the tip as it was back then, because everything's digital now, we're not doing anything by print. So what's the point in having it just for you to read? We wanted to have something for you to see and hear as well. So what we're doing is we're shooting a series of 25th anniversary uh, uh, instruction series. And there's going to be one tip from each of the five areas of flagstick over the last 25 years from Kevin. And we're gonna shoot those in video form. And Kevin's going to, refer back to that original tip 
and he might update it a little bit, he might not. Uh, you'd be surprised what's still quite uh, valid instruction nowadays that was you know, valid instruction you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. So we're gonna do that over the course of the summer and, and the feature instruction is going to be similar to that. And we're gonna leave that as a bit of a surprise. I don't wanna give away too much, but again, we're doing things in video form. You'll be able to see the video directly in the digital publication and you can find the digital publication right now at flagstick.com. If you are a subscriber to the digital uh, magazine, you will have gotten that before everybody else. So generally the subscribers uh, to the digital magazine, we release the digital issue to them at least two or three hours, sometimes a little bit longer depending on production before uh, Flagstick uh, Golf Magazine Digest, FGM Digest newsletter is released and then released to, the, to flagstick.com. So uh, check it out at flagstick.com. I think you'll enjoy it. Well, that's it for me for this week. Um, I want to thank Scott McLeod again for coming on and, and spending a good amount of time with us talking about hot picks and really digging into the, the what's and why's of, uh, of how hot picks came about this year and, um, and talking through some of that equipment with us. Uh, obviously, uh, if you haven't listened to us before or watched us before, you can check out any of the past episodes uh, of 613 Golfer Podcast at flagstick.com. If you like listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, perfect place to subscribe, download those podcasts there and, and listen whenever you like. If you like watching, some people do, uh, and I do encourage that. We do a lot of things in, in the YouTube version of this show that you don't see, obviously, uh, in the audio version. So check us out at YouTube, on YouTube, subscribe to the Flagstick channel on YouTube, click the little notification bell and make sure that you, uh, that you get every episode as we release them. You'll get notifications of that. Uh, we do encourage that. And uh, I want to, you know, everybody have a great week, uh, you know, stay safe, stay calm, relax, golf will come back. There's a lot of people working in our favor, trying to make golf happen again. We're not just sitting around waiting. People are, are, are getting their hands dirty and getting the job done. I'm Jeff Botter. You're listening to 613 Golfer Podcast. And always remember, go for the stick.